Welcome to BR in Education. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another wonderful episode of VR in Education. Today, I want to narrow our focus on how we might leverage social VR spaces as a tool to promote conceptual thinking and parlay debating. Have you ever been to a big sporting event or a concert of some sort? Mass events like hockey, football, soccer, and baseball games are wildly popular. And they're usually extremely well attended. Why is that? Well, these events, not only do they provide entertainment for those passionate for a beloved sport or artist, but they can also provide us with amazing insight into learning more about who we are as a person and others around us. I, I fondly remember the Seinfeld episode titled Face Painter when Elaine's boyfriend, David Putty, shows his support for a hockey team, I believe it was the New Jersey Devils, by painting up his face and participating heavily by taunting opposing fans. I'll play you a snippet of the episode right now. Well, we're gonna kick your butts tonight. Hey, no way, man. Yes. We're fried. <laughs> All right, you almost ready? Because Jerry and Kramer are gonna be here in a second. <laughs> what the? So what do you think? What is that? I painted my face. You painted your face? Yeah. Why? Well, you know, support the team. Well, you can't walk around like that. Why not? Because it's insane. Oh, there you go. I don't know you're out there. It's the playoffs. So, it's evident in this episode that exploring new identities through events like sporting games can be super valuable for learning. They allow us to be someone we have never been before. To put ourselves in a place or a space or maybe a time that affords us the anonymity to experiment with what it's like to push our comfort zone and maybe find new perspective in a skin or identity we never had the courage to embody before. I've seen mild-mannered, introverted people partake in loud, boisterous cheers and participate en masse in a wave at hockey games. These types of events are often 
emotionally charged and they give us insight into how other people might think or act. So how might we use immersive VR to enable students or participants to explore, maybe interrogate, possibly provocate about changing identity and allow them to unlock maybe new perspectives. Social VR platforms like Engage, Altspace VR, Rec Room VR, and Mozilla Hubs allow us to create virtual environments that might stimulate a plethora of spaces. Yet the ubiquitous use of these rooms has largely been relegated to informal meetups, meet and greets, if you will, or places to listen to more formal presentations and lectures. We might also leverage the awe-inspiring powers of presence and embodiment that VR provides in these social VR spaces to explore the concept or big idea of changing identity. At the time I'm recording this podcast, there have been many examples in the news of peaceful, nonviolent protests related to the Black Lives Matter movement, which was sparked by the tragic, no horrific death of George Floyd by police in Minnesota. And people have come out in droves to lend their support to this cause through protesting. Peaceful, peaceful protests are not new to many societies and they offer a multitude of benefits to communities. Here are some of them. Protests may, number one, allow people to engage in meaningful public debate. Number two, might help bolster our understanding of an important issue from a multitude of perspectives. Number three, protests might help build support and community around important causes that no one actually thought about before. Number four, protests might enable people to explore their changing identities by participating in the protest. Number five, protests might foster deeper symbolism and conceptual thinking by the use of signs and chants within the protest. And number six, protests can promote leadership, systems thinking, communication, and an even effective organization for those planning and orchestrating the protest. Given all these benefits, we might use social VR spaces to possibly stimulate a peaceful protest within our class or group of students. Let me give you an example of how I did this with one of my design classes. 
In my grade 9 design class, we were studying this year robotics. And our goal or purpose in the unit of inquiry was to deeply understand how systems, in this case robotics, might be used to support human progress. Ultimately, students needed to design and program a robot to do something helpful for humankind. Throughout the unit, we grappled with many, many big ideas and concepts beyond just how to make a robot. Inquiries and questions started to develop. Students started to become aware of this tension between robots and humans in the world. And questions started to percolate like, well, what if robots take over all the human jobs? Asked one student. And are there things robots shouldn't be allowed to do that only humans can do? And can we even teach robots ethics? So I decided to orchestrate a simulated protest using Altspace VR. There are other VR platforms that I think would have been equally engaging or possible. For example, Rec Room VR might have worked, or Mozilla Hubs VR could have worked for this, or even the program Engage VR would have been applicable. As I discuss in my book that launches soon, Immersive Learning, A Practical Guide to Harnessing Virtual Realities, Superpowers in Education, VR will not produce magical results on its own. We as educators need to think about how we might prepare students before, during, and after a VR experience in order for it to be successful. So that's what I did. So step one, I had to have kids consider a number of different things before we actually did the simulated pro protest in Altspace. I had to prepare students with factual and conceptual questions and give them the background necessary to understand what we were doing when we went into VR. Some questions I asked them and had them consider beforehand on a Google, on a Google Doc were things like, what is a peaceful protest? Or number two, I gave students a list of possible roles that people might play when they attend a protest. Things like, in, in most protests, there's a leader or a caller. So I had them figure that out and define what a leader might do or a caller in a protest. They usually have a megaphone and they're calling out chants or maybe giving a speech. There's the active participant in the protest and I had them think about and define that. This person might be charged with holding up signs with symbols and helping spread the message toward the cause in groups. They might be marching with others. Usually within a protest, there's a peacekeeper. This might be the police or maybe a safety officer. So they might 
Figure out what those people do. Usually, it's their responsibility, the safety officer or the peacekeeper, to ensure that all people are participating in the protest in a safe manner and everyone's rights are protected. Additionally, in most protests, there's the odd opposition protester. These people have a different point of view or perspective on what's going on in the protest. Again, we might pose this to our students ahead of time and get them to try and figure that out before we uh, explain this. Moreover, I might show students a YouTube or video clip of a protest and ask them to point out from the footage if they can figure out what the reason is behind the protest. What were the people raising awareness for? I might then put people in a small group setting and ask them to discuss in general why do people protest in the first place. So questions like these set the stage for the real protest. But my work's not done. Step two, when I did this with my students with the robotics unit, I had them prepare ahead of time for the protest itself in Altspace VR. So for our particular protest, the situation again was that there's this tension between robots and humans in the world. And I situated it such that the robots were the ones being the protesters and they were fighting for equal rights amongst humans. And the robots felt that they were being treated as second-class citizens in our society and being discriminated against. So students were assigned various roles so that they needed to prepare ahead of time. Some students in the group were given the role of lead robot caller. So these individuals, or individual if you want, needed to prepare to come up with a one-minute speech, as well as think up various chants to get the crowd going for the protest. Some of my students were given the role of robot picketer or participant. So these individuals had to prepare signs with words and symbols, which can be done in many social VR platforms. You could either design them in Sketchfab and then import them. It all depends on your social VR platform. But objects like signs can be brought in to the VR experience. Some students were given the role of human opposition for our situation and protest. So these individuals would be humans and they'd have to prepare their own signs with words and symbols, as well as think up counter arguments to this debate. Some of the students were given the role of safety officer. So what they had to do was they would roam the fringe of the protest and they would have to make observations, mostly qualitative, about any potential worries about safety within the protest. Now, I did this, but you could certainly take this role on yourself, but I gave a student, because they were comfortable and familiar already with Altspace VR, I gave them the role also of room designer. 
So this particular student had to create the room or environment that would provide the best possible context for the protest. So this depends again on the social VR platform as well as the skills of the designer. Many social VR platforms have preset template environments that can be then customized if you want. So it's not a lot of work. It certainly isn't heavy duty programming at all. So for our example, when we did this, my student ended up using something called the Vista Stage environment in Altspace and they modified it just slightly. So once students know their role, they're given some time in class to customize their avatar, which is what they'll look like in one of these social VR platforms, and then prepare for what they might think and do. So this took approximately one class period to divvy up the roles and then allow students some time to think about their role. Then step three is we designated a protest day. On protest day, students came prepared to engage in the event. We had five students who were actually able to access the event with our VR headset and the remaining 15 or so students used their computers to enter the event in Altspace. Like many social VR platforms, there is the possibility if you don't have enough headsets to allow students to experience the event in two dimension or flat pancake computer screens. So students for the event were divvied up the following. I had two robot leaders, one had a VR headset and they, were, they gave a short speech as well as led some chants I had 10 students for this event who were robot picketers or participants. So their avatars were actually looked like robots and they had signs prepared in Altspace VR to do this. I had four human oppositions. Two of them were given VR headsets. The other two participated on their computer. Again, their avatars were created as humans. They knew what they wanted to say and do while they participated in the protest. And then I designated two students as safety officers. One of them was given a VR headset. The other student was on their computer as they watched and observed. So this particular event lasted approximately 20 minutes. I spread my students around the school so that there was a bit more peace and quiet. So some students were told to go to the library, some were given a spot uh, farther away in a quiet, quiet nook in a hallway. The students, the five students that had VR headsets were close to my observation so that I could check on them. So they were in the classroom so that I could monitor their safety to make sure that they weren't crashing into each other and that if there were any technical issues, I was able to help them address it. So once everyone entered the Altspace VR room that my student had created, the two robot leaders, as I said before, literally took the stage and one of them spent 
about one and a half minutes giving a speech and then the other one led a bunch of chants which took about three minutes and they also marched around the space like in a real protest doing a few more chants so that step that first initial sort of contact when the protest began took about five minutes then everyone reconvened after the little marching and the human opposition were allowed to take the stage and the microphone to say a few words of retort or rebuttal in regards to whether the robots had any, you know, uh, I guess these were just counter debates to what the robots were saying. And this took about five minutes. Then the 10 robot participants were allowed to go to the stage and take the microphone to say any counter arguments. And then finally, to add a little spice to the event, snowballs were given to participants, which is a tool that you're allowed to do in Altspace. And we had a friendly little snowball fight. Needless to say, the robots severely outnumbered the humans, so you can probably guess who won that friendly little snowball fight. Then finally, to wrap it up, our two safety officers closed out the event by talking to everyone about the importance of doing peaceful protests. They pointed out any tips or observations about whether the protest was safe and everyone's rights were upheld and if not what could we do next time to make sure that the protest was even more productive and fruitful then everyone again this took about 20 minutes then everyone exited altspace vr and came back to my classroom for a closing reflection and debrief so when we reconvened on a Google Doc, I had already prepared several questions. Here are some examples of those questions to get them to tie back in to the reason behind why we did the debate. Question one, number one, I asked them what surprised them during the protest that they had just participated in. Number two, I asked them, did you learn anything about yourself as and then fill in the blank if they were a robot did they learn anything new about themselves as being a robot or if they were uh, on the side of the human opposition did they learn anything new about themselves there and then I had them compare that to their original personal identity in other words how did that compare to your identity that you are now another question I asked them to wrap up this event was how effective did they think the robots were at making their voice and rights heard during this pro protest and what might the robots do differently next time a fourth question I asked the students was if they had to participate in a real protest what might it be about and why would they go there were a few other questions but I, I want to wrap up this. So VR has been coined the tool we need to help democratize learning. And I agree with this statement, but we, we do need to give students voice, choice, 
and agency. This, I believe, is paramount. But VR cannot do this kind of heavy lifting on its own. As I said at the beginning, we need to be introspective and thoughtful regarding how we support VR in its journey to transform how students learn. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Listen, if, if, you, if you like this episode and you're curious about different ways that VR might be used in your classroom and how to design lessons to really harness and leverage VR and get the fulcrum or the tipping point so that it is easy and the barriers lowered for you, you know, feel free to give me a shout, you know, either through uh, email or you can message me through Twitter at Teach, and I can help you on your journey towards VR. Or maybe your school has just purchased several VR headsets and you're looking for someone to help lead the charge in regards to that. I would be uh, delighted to help out. So thanks again for listening to this episode of VR in Education. Mm -hmm.